Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked Podcast. I'm your host, Holt Norris, joined by my good friend Jordan Brooks. We call him JB. What's going on, JB? Pretty well, Holt. Here we are, three weeks to go in this, in this very short football season, as it feels, because it seems like yesterday that it was Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that's right. Well, we still got a uh, we're we're week eleven right now, um, and so we still got uh, this week and then two more uh, for the regular season. But then we got you know conference championship weekend, which will be fun, um, and then of course you know bowl season is always uh, exactly. So it, yeah, we got a lot coming up, and can you believe it? Two weeks from this Thursday, does this blow your mind that Thanksgiving is two weeks from this Thursday? Yeah, and that means that two weeks from Friday, uh, Mississippi State will have a new coach, or they'll have. Uh, at least an opening for a coach. That is very true. You excited? I, th- I think so. I'm excited for some coaching searches for sure. I don't know. Um, I think um, Mississippi State and Texas A&M, who incidentally play each other this week, um, those are probably the two most likely teams, I think, to be looking for a new coach. But there's always there could always be a surprise here or there. You never know when there could be a surprise. Um, I, I do think that, uh, I don't know, 7-5 is, is Jimbo Fisher safe. That's That's the... Sixty-four thousand dollar question to me. I think eight wins. He's he would definitely have been safe. I think I said that in the preseason. Seven and five. It's very much fifty-fifty. So I'm I'm very curious how that's. You mean happen. sixty-four million, right? Sixty-four thousand dollar question from who he wants to be a millionaire. Oh, I thought you meant like, <laughs> I thought you meant his buyout. Oh no no sixty-four thousand dollar question from who wants to be a millionaire. I think that was like the, I don't know maybe the tenth question. On the lineup out of 15 questions to get to a million. All right, well, shout out to Regis Philbin. R.I.P. Um, but uh, that being said, this is uh, the SEC Slow Smoked Podcast. Um, this is your first time listening. Uh, we're just going to go through uh, all the SEC games this week, uh, offer our picks with the spread. Um, and, of course, at the end, we'll have our locks of the week and our upset picks, which have been um, really rolling for us this year. Um, if you've been uh, listening to the podcast, you've definitely been uh, um, hitting big on those uh those locks of the week, um, especially from JB. So we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, get into it. Um, of course, we're going to go um, into all the games chronologically by when they start um, and kicking us off at 11 a.m. Um, Alabama coming off a big win against Kentucky uh, or against LSU. We'll go on the road and face Kentucky, um, who's coming off a win in Starkville last weekend. Uh, Alabama is a 10.5-point favorite, JB. How are you feeling about this one? Yeah, um, Jalen Milrow is really starting to hit his stride, isn't he? I think he's starting. He's playing, he's playing his best football seems like we've I said this back during the uh, recap that Alabama quarterbacks that start off poorly, they get better as the season progresses. We saw that with Blake Sims. saw that with Jacob Coker. We saw that with John Parker Wilson. We're seeing that currently with Jalen Milrow. Um, this Alabama team is starting to play really good at the right time. And uh, Kentucky, the, what worries me about them is, are they going to be able to move the ball and score on Alabama? Uh, the over-under is 48 and a half. I actually would think that the the under may be good because I don't know if Kentucky's going to get out of the single digits in this game. They may get to 10 or 13, but I don't see them getting much more than that. I think Alabama's just going to kind of try to just ground and pound against Kentucky the same way that Tennessee did against them, and I think they'll be content with coming away with a, you know, maybe a 27 to 10 type victory. So I, I like Alabama to win, and I also like them to cover. All right, well, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. Uh, I am taking uh, Kentucky to cover the 10.5. Um, I think this is just a really awkward spot for Alabama. Obviously, that LSU game was the game that, you know, they've been looking forward to for most of the season. Um, they haven't really been blowing teams out like they, they have been in the past. 
And, uh, you know, Kentucky is a tough place to play on the road. Mark Stoops always gets his guys ready to play um, at home. And, um, you know, I, I just think that uh, maybe Alabama, they don't they don't play Kentucky very often. So I, I feel like they maybe don't really know what to expect going into this one. Um, it's just going to be kind of a, a weird matchup. 11 a.m. kick. I just kind of see them sleepwalking a little bit. But uh, I do like them to get the win in the end. Uh, but I'm taking Kentucky plus the points at home. I don't dislike that pick. I mean, I definitely see your scenario as feasible. Um, I'm just more or less trusting the process with Saban and his team and being much improved. And more plus, or less. Yes, that more is my less. favorite phrase, more or less. But also, 11 a.m. kickoffs. I mean, we can talk about this all the time. I hate 11 a.m. kickoffs. Nothing's worse than breakfast and football. <coughs> so, yeah, let's – so we got, we both are – Disagreeing on the first one, so that's a good start for both of us. Um, what is the next game, Holt? So the, the, there's actually two games at 11 a.m. this week. The other one is going to be Vanderbilt at South Carolina. Um, two of the worst teams in the conference. Not uh, not the, not probably going to um, watch too much of this game, if I had to guess. Um, it's going to be an ugly game. Yeah, I think if you're not a South Carolina fan or a Vanderbilt fan, I don't think there's going to be a lot, few too many more people watching this game. But uh, South Carolina is a 13.5-point favorite at home. Uh, I am going to go ahead and take South Carolina to cover that. Um, you know, Vanderbilt, it's just it's just one bad loss after another. Um, you know, they've kind of, uh, you know, they really haven't uh, shown me anything to make me think that they're going to go on the road and cover 13.5 uh, points. So, I, I got as much as South Carolina struggled, um, I'm going to take them to cover this week. Yeah, I mean, that's not a terrible pick. Um you know, you look at the last five games. They lost to Missouri by 17. Um, they lost to Florida by 24. They lost to Georgia by 17. They lost to Auburn by 16. They lost to Mississippi by 26. I don't really feel like doing all the math, but um, I think that uh, South Carolina is worse than all five of those teams considerably. And uh, this is an 11 a.m. game. This is one of those kind of games where it's just – if this game was at night, I would pick South Carolina to cover. South Carolina at Williams-Brice is just a, such a better team when they play there at night. Um, I think this is going to be – Vanderbilt's going to see opportunity in this one. I think they know that this is probably their last real opportunity to get a victory this year. I like Vanderbilt to cover. Do I like them to win? No. But I do think this game is going to be decided in the single digits. And um, Vanderbilt's going to make it exciting in the fourth quarter, I think. But I think South Carolina will ultimately prevail. It may be similar to that Jacksonville State game last week where uh, South Carolina was sweating all the way to the final whistle. So – could be very similar um, this Saturday with Vanderbilt in South Carolina. Very, very interesting. Um, you know, and that's a good thing about gambling is sometimes these uh, non-exciting games all of a sudden become very exciting. Um, so we disagreed again. Yeah, that's right. Um, so at 2.30, the CBS game this week, um, I was actually a little bit surprised that it's not Ole Miss, Georgia. Um, it's going to be Tennessee at Missouri. Um, and this game is pretty much a pick em. As we see here right now, Tennessee is a one-point favorite. Um, obviously, we know Missouri's coming off of a uh, tough loss to Georgia last week. Um, you thinking they can rebound and get the win against Tennessee this week, or what do you think? This is a really tough game to uh, decipher because, you know, if you look at the last two matchups, it's not been competitive at all. I mean, Tennessee, I think, won, um, I think, the, what was it? They won 65 to 21, I think, two years ago. You can correct me if I'm wrong. And then last year, I think they beat them 66 to 24. Um, both just absolute thrashings. And this is a, the kind of game that I think Drinkwitz has had circled. Like he had, he knows that he's got to win this game. Um, and you know, to at least assert themselves more into the upper echelon of the SEC East. 
And then for Tennessee, I think you can look at their side of things and say this is a good matchup for Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to be able to run the ball effectively on on Missouri. Um, I think, you know, judging from the last few years, I don't think it's going to be any different that Tennessee will be able to run the ball. They're also going to be able to um, pass the ball well. I think Tennessee is really starting to play their best football, hitting their stride. Um, this It's tough. I know I think Tennessee is a one-point favorite, like you said. I am going to go with Tennessee to cover. I think this is also going to uh, – come right around that over-under around 58-and-a-half. Um, I think Tennessee's going to win a very tightly contested game. Um, if I had to guess the final score, um, I would go with 34-28 um, to 28 Tennessee. 34-28. So, yeah, you got um, Tennessee covering. Should be a, um, you know another exciting game. I'm going to disagree with you again on this one. I'm going to take Missouri to win this game outright. Um, the truth is Missouri's just been more consistent throughout the course of the season. Um, Tennessee has kind of been a little bit more up and down. Um, they've had some really disappointing performances this year versus Missouri. You know, they have the two losses, but they were both really close games where they played, you know, really well. And after their last loss um, against LSU, you know, we were kind of worried, like, could they bounce back, go on the road and beat Kentucky? And they did, handled it uh, very well. Um, so I just think that this Missouri team is just a little bit more complete. Um I think Tennessee's got a few more question marks in the passing game uh, with with Joe Milton. Just hasn't really, um, you know, been as consistent as as we wanted to see from him. Um, I think Missouri's going to be able to key in on the run game uh, for Tennessee and s- at least slow it down a little bit. Um, and uh, I like Missouri to get the win at home. I like that pick too. Like I said, this is a very was a really tough one for me to. I kept going back and forth on this one. Of all the games this week, this was the toughest one, and that's the reason the line is only one because. I mean, like you said, it virtually is a pick em. So here we are. We're three for three on disagreeing. So this is separation Saturday for us coming down the stretch. Yeah, that's right. Um, we'll see if we can keep it going. I think we're going to agree on this one, though. Um, so at 3 p.m. on the SEC Network, Auburn and uh, Hugh Freeze travel up to Fayetteville to take on Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Um, obviously, both teams coming off a road win last week. Um, Arkansas is a three-point favorite in this one, JB. Um, actually kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought maybe Auburn might be favored in this one. Uh, but I actually am going to take Arkansas to cover the three points. Um, I really liked what I saw from them offensively last week. They seem kind of uh, rejuvenated offensively. And the defense has been solid all year. It's really been the offense that's been struggling. Um, you know, I, I think Auburn's defense is going to is good enough to give them some problems. But... I think Arkansas is going to be able to shut down Auburn's uh, running game, and they don't really have much of a passing game. Um, and then I like KJ Jefferson to make a few plays to get the win in this one. I like your pick, and I do think the line is maybe a couple points high. I think if I was making the line, I probably would have put Auburn or sorry Arkansas as a one point favorite because you know you got to think about it. This is what it would be if there was a neutral field. If this was a neutral field, this would be a pick'em, and I just think on a neutral field I would want to favor Auburn in this game but because the game is in Fayetteville it's a late afternoon start Arkansas is coming off a big win they're getting a little got a little bit of momentum from last week I do like Arkansas to win I also like them to cover I don't think they're going to cover this mightily but I do think they're going to be able to do that and uh, Arkansas is going to get that fourth win and then they're going to be coming down the stretch with a chance to go to a bowl Auburn even if they lose this game they're going to clinch a bowl bid next week so not all is over for auburn even if they do lose arkansas they got a lot to lose with this one so i like arkansas backs against the wall they're going to get another victory yeah and that would be a really big win for sam Pittman bouncing back obviously um after that 
my brutal six game losing streak, um, you know, capped off by the seven and three loss at home to Mississippi state, um, you know, for them to bounce back, get the win last week for them to get another win this week and then still have a uh, bowl eligibility available to them. Um, if they're able to upset Missouri at the end of the season would be amazing. Um, so, uh, so glad we agree on one. Um, we at least agree on that one. So, uh, at 6 PM, uh, probably the game of the day, the game most people are looking forward to number nine, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin go over to face, um, the two time defending national champ, number two team in the country, Georgia, um, Georgia is, let's see, I believe it, I'm going to double check again. Yeah, it's 10 and a half. Um, they're favored by, um, JB. Um, so it's been a little bit of a trend for me. I'm taking a lot of underdogs today. Um, and that trend's going to continue. I'm going to take Ole Miss to cover the 10 and a half points. Uh, maybe surprising to some people, but, um, you know, Georgia hasn't really been blowing the doors off of people this year. Um, I think Ole Miss is going to come into this game with, uh, nothing to lose. Um, I think they're going to come out and play aggressive. Um, hit some big plays in the passing game early. Um, and I like, I think I like Georgia to win, uh, but they are on, on upset watch, and I do like Ole Miss to cover this one. Yeah, and what scares me the most about when Ole Miss does play aggressive and Wayne Linkiff and coaches aggressively is a lot of times it backfires on him. Um, we saw that, you know, two years ago against Alabama. Um, we saw it a little bit this year um, early in the season. So, you know, I, I – and also on the other side of the coin, Georgia, every time we're doubting them, they always come out and perform better than expected. Um, I am going to go with Georgia to win the game. I'm also going to go with Georgia to cover. So I like Georgia to win by more than 10 and a half. I'm going to Georgia minus 10 and a half in this game. Um, it's no, dis no disrespect to Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss is going to come out and play hard and I think this is is going to go into the fourth quarter, but I think Georgia's going to make some plays late in the fourth quarter to put this game out of reach for Ole Miss and ultimately end up winning the game. All right, and I don't think we're going to agree on this one either, but at 6.30, um, we have uh, Sunbelt Billy, as some people call him, <laughs> um, and the Florida Gators heading over to Baton Rouge to face um, LSU. Um, obviously, both teams coming off a pretty rough loss last week. Um, I'm not really sure where the heads are going to be out for either one of these teams. Uh, LSU's a 14-point favorite, JB. So how are you feeling about this one? Well, we'll find out what you think. But, um, you know, like I said, Florida last week, that was a crippling loss, I think, for Florida. And if you look at their last three games, you might argue that um, this one might be the most winnable left. I mean, of course, they do play Florida State at home to wrap up the season. We've seen Florida State play to the level of their competition in a lot of games. But... Florida State's going to have a national championship on the line probably when they play. Um, you know, like I said, Florida needed that win last week. This is a tough spot for them. They're going to be underdogs the last three weeks, including this week. LSU on the other side of the coin, even though they are 6-3, and three, the season is not lost for them. And, uh, you know, if you look at the remaining schedule, they're probably going to win out, go finish 9-3, and three, and they give them an outside shot at a New Year's 6. If not, they might be in line for the Citrus Bowl. Still a decent season for them, a chance to win 10 games. You know, what we can call even a slight step back, but a rebuild year for Brian Kelly and his program. That all being said, I like LSU to win. I also like LSU to cover. I think LSU is going to be able to score too many points. I just don't think that uh, Florida is going to be able to be explosive enough to keep up with LSU in this one. Yeah, and I do really like uh, LSU's offense, but I do disagree with you. Um in terms of LSU's mentality coming into this game. 
Um, I think the season's kind of lost for LSU at this point. Um, I'm not sure how excited they're going to be to play this game. Um, I think that uh, Florida has a lot more to prove. And, um, you know, this LSU defense has really struggled this year. And I just wonder if this Florida offense is going to be able to, to sustain some drives, um, kind of, you know, hold the ball, keep the ball out of uh, Jalen Daniels, Jaden Daniels' hands. Um, and uh, not necessarily thinking Florida can win this game, but I do like them to cover the 14 points. Um, you know, this is a rivalry game. And, um, you know, just like I said, LSU, everything was kind of leading towards that Alabama game. And I think that now that, you know, they have three losses and the loss to Alabama. Um, you know, I just think this is a kind of a disappointing season for them. And I'm just not sure how excited they're going to be to play this game. I think Florida is going to be, you know, the more excited team to play. And um, I think they cover the 14 points. I definitely see your point. And uh, like, you, like you said, if LSU comes in this game sleepwalking, Florida can have those long sustained drives where it's like 15, 16 plays going you know, 80 yards and taking up about eight or nine minutes off the clock that can demoralize a team. And, uh, you know, that can also, you know, as we talk, obviously that'll shorten the game too. So you can definitely see your point how uh, Florida could definitely cover this one too. But I just like LSU. This is a death Valley at night. I'm not, I'm being a little more optimistic that uh, this team is not going to sleepwalk. I think Brian Kelly will have his team ready to play. So that's, that's, I think where we're different, but I do see both sides of this. Yeah, and um, you know, you have to give Grammar just a little bit of credit. He has he hasn't been great, but he has been better than I think we thought he was gonna be. You know, he's been solid. Like I just he hasn't been a difference maker, but he's been solid. And get a solid game manager. Yeah. So if they can uh, you know, just be efficient in the passing game, which he has been and LSU has allowed for, you know, with their defensive struggles, um, you know, I, I just see a scenario there where, you know, it could be a little bit closer than people expect. And Graham Burst is eligible to come back next year, too. Well, I don't know if Florida fans, you think they, <laughs> they want him to? I mean, well, because they do have a freshman coming in next year who's really highly recruited. They do, so. but it may not be bad to have Graham Mertz come back and That's at least ease your way in. Like, yeah, it would be good to have an older guy around just to, you know, just in case things aren't going well, but. Um, all right, so it's 6.30 on ESPN2, a game we alluded to earlier. Both coaches um, potentially looking for a, uh, a new employer for next season. Um, although, honestly, with Jimbo, he may just like decide he doesn't want to coach for a while with the amount of money he's owed. But I wouldn't want to either. He can just um, he loves to hear himself talk, become an analyst. This is a, uh, a very big line. Um, I was not expecting this uh, large of a line. Uh, A&M is an 18 and a half point favorite um, at home. Um, I think we have to assume that that's because they don't think state's yeah, going to score any they points. They think state's going to score, you know, in single digits and A&M probably score somewhere in like the twenties. So, um, you know, we do know that Max Johnson is out for this game. Uh, so A&M is going to be playing with a third string quarterback. Um, there are some reports that Will Rogers could potentially be back this week. I'm not sure, you know, if we're not going to know anything until the game starts, but there have been some rumors that he could potentially be back. So that's something to watch for. But uh, 18 and a half, JB, is that too big of a number for you? Or what do you think? That is really high. And it's it's like I'm trying to figure out how Vegas is dealing with this. Are they putting it this high because they think that we're all just going to um, take the bait and say, oh, no, no, A&M's not playing well right now. State's going to be able to lose this game by less than 18 points. But on the other side, you're wondering – are they seeing something that we don't see is that state's not gonna be able to score any points at all. And that 
A&M's going to be able to, you know, get their 25 points and it's going to be an easy cover. So I'm trying to figure out where Vegas is seeing this. I think I'm going to go with the point that uh, State's not going to be able to score at all in this game. And that is my biggest concern. I mean, I th State's offense has just been absolutely horrific this year. I mean, even though the defense too, but especially the offense. The defense has looked a little bit better at times, I think, the last few weeks. But the offense is, besides the South Carolina game, has not looked good at all. And it's I hate to even pick this because um, A&M's playing a third-string quarterback. Um, but even then, I still think A&M can score 20 points in this game. I'm just wondering um, how much is, is how much a stake going to score? Can they even get more than you know single digits on the board? And I don't think they can. Um, I'm going to go. Um, man, this is hard, but I'm, I'm going to go with A&M to cover. Very difficult because I just think that uh, state. How much do they care going into this game? That, that's my biggest thing that I'm thinking about. And also, how, how many more games does Zach Arnett have before he's ultimately going to be left go? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, it's he's got three. That's just three left. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna take Mississippi State to cover the 18 and a half. I don't feel great about it. Um, honestly, the line being so big makes me, you know, question it even more because it's one of those things where it's like they're uh, trying to bait us. Like, yeah, Vegas knows something. Um, but you know, truthfully, State's offense has been really bad the last, you know, three weeks since Will Rogers has been back, but or since he's been out. But if he has a chance to be back this week, um. You know, going against a third string quarterback from AM and I just AM just hasn't been good enough this year to me to be favored by eighteen and a half against anybody. That's um, what I don't like either. So it's it's just it's one of those situations where um, you know, I feel like Mississippi State's defense can play a solid game. Um, you know, maybe they have a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown or just, you know, a couple of sustained drives, um, you know, just to get some points on the board, um, and then cover the eighteen and a half. Because it really won't take much, I don't think. I mean, it's really just going to take a couple, you know, one or two scores, um, you know, that are unexpected for Mississippi State to, uh, you know, to cover this. And then, you know, we talked about before the season, Mississippi State's had a ton of success against Texas A&M. Um, you know, I know that's not really relevant to this game. But, you know, just looking back at the last, you know, nine matchups, Mississippi State's won six of them outright. Um, so just going into this game as an 18 and a half point favorite is just, man, like it's just, it's just hard for me to, uh, to take A&M to cover that. I mean, that's just such a big number. It was too. That's like I said, this, that was one of the harder ones for me to pick, but cause like I said, I see both ways and sides about why Vegas put the line of where it is. But you know, like I said, A&M in no circumstance should be an 18 point favorite against any SEC opponent. That's what I don't like, especially with a third-string quarterback starting and, you know, probably a freshman playing. That's what I don't understand. But I think it's because they just think that A&M's defense, you know, has, has been solid all year, and they're just thinking that State's not going to be able to score. I think that's ultimately where they're thinking. But if that's the case, it's going to be a really ugly-ass football game. Maybe a final score of, like, you know, 23-3. to I mean, that, nothing about that is pretty. So I really – don't think that a lot of people <clears throat> will ultimately be watching that. I think all of us will be glued in on that, uh, yeah, LSU or the Georgia Ole Miss game, which, you know, for state fans and A&M fans, that's good for y'all that nobody else will be watching. Yeah. Cause it is probably going to be a very, very ugly game. And I would definitely take the under, I, I don't know if, if I would pick the line, but I would definitely take the under. That's more, that's one I'm more confident about. Like I didn't like picking the spread on this one, but 
As far as the over-under, I would go with the under, too. All right. Well, um, that is going to do it for our SEC picks. Um, so now it's time for what you've all been waiting for. Um, JB's lock of the week and upset pick. Um, and I'll give mine also. But J- JB's, JB's upset picks have been doing really good lately. So I just want to throw that out there. So, JB, what do you got as your lock of the week this week? Well, um, shoot. I was going to go with the upset pick first. I thought we were going to start with the upsets oh. and then do the locks. Well, we can do the upset pick first if that's the way you want to do it, JB. Yeah, because like I said, that's been my best one. So let's let's go with the best first. Start off hot. Um, I, my upset pick um, is going to be BYU plus 6.5 at home over Iowa State. Provo, Utah, late at night. This is going to be a 9-15 central start, which is 8-15 Provo time. Always when they play late games at there, they always seem to win those games. Um, those are just dangerous when you play those late night games in Provo. I like BYU um, to ultimately um, win that game. So um, BYU plus six and a half. Ultimately, they're going to win. Yeah, and I've got a little bit more of a um, a bigger upset than that for my upset pick this week. Um, I'm actually going to go with uh, Duke. Um, to pull the upset on the road against North Carolina. Obviously, this is a, a rivalry game. Um, Duke has kind of fallen off the last few weeks, um, you know, ever since that Florida State game. Um, they are a 14-point underdog. But, uh, you know, when I was looking through all the potential upset picks this week, there really just wasn't one that really stood out to me. So I got to go with the rivalry game. And, um, you know, I just think Mike Elko is a better coach than uh, than Mike Brown right now. Um you know, obviously with the quarterback situations, um, you know, Raleigh Leonard has been, you know, really banged up this year and they just aren't the same team without him. Uh, Drake May has, you know, been a really good quarterback and I think that's why the line is so big. But um, in these rivalry games, like, I just think it really comes down to the line of scrimmage and defense and Elko's a defensive guy. And I just, uh, you know, I just wouldn't be surprised at all if Duke went on the road and uh, pulled the upset in this I like one. that one too. And, you know, Duke, Ever since they collapsed in the second half um, a few weeks ago, God, we were just talking about the game earlier. I just, I just drew a blank on Florida State. You know, ever since then, they've not been the same team. And, uh, you know, it's a different team from that first week where they just upset Clemson in the first week. And, you well, know. Yeah. And speaking of coaches who are, um, you know, <laughs> looking to move on, you know, especially with the Texas A&M job coming open, you know, Elko was the defensive coordinator there before he got the Duke job, the Duke head coach job. Um, you know, this is an opportunity for him as well. I mean, he's probably thinking like, hey, like, there's a huge payday out there for me this year. Um, you know, if I can pull an upset right here, it's just going to increase my value that much more. Exactly. And, you know, Elko could be someone that's looked at in College Station. You know, I think a lot of A&M fans love Mike Elko <clears throat> from his time there. And I think that's a guy that they'll want to look at. Um, of course, there's other candidates that think A&M can throw their money around too. We'll dive into that, you know, in maybe in a few weeks if Jimbo's ultimately let go. Um, so there we have it. We got our upsets. Um, you got your rivalry game upset. Um, I've got the Provo special. Um, I guess we'll move on to the locks of the week. Um, I think for the most part, you and I have been pretty hot on those too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the locks have been doing probably the best of anything. So... I was glad to nail my upset pick last week. I was very proud about that one. It was a good one. So um, I'll just go ahead and give mine first. Um, So my lock of the week this week um, is going to be Rice um, plus 16 against uh, Texas San Antonio. Um, So I like Texas San Antonio a lot. I like their coach, Jeff Jeff Trailer, um, another name who 
is probably going to be up for some coaching, uh, you know, um, rumor. He's going to be involved in some coaching rumors. Could be involved um, in Starkville, right? Yeah, I think uh, there's there's a lot of fan bases, I think, who have mentioned his name. Uh, you know, I think Arkansas, um, you know, is somewhere that has been tied to him. He coached there under Chad Morris. Um, so, uh, you know, he's potentially a guy. I think Baylor is probably a school that he could potentially end up at as well. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go with uh, Rice to cover the 16 points. Um, really like what I've seen from Rice this year. Um, we talked about him previously on the podcast. Um, you know, our old friend uh, JC Daniels is throwing the ball around for them. It's having a big season. Um, they're on his, uh, you know, his 17th school in the last six years. Um, yeah, Luke McCaffrey is their leading receiver. So just kind of a fun team. They throw the ball around a good bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of a big line, a big line for, you know, the Texas in-state matchup. Um, I like UTSA a lot, but I like Rice to cover that 16 points. It's just a big number for a team that can score like Rice can. Yeah, I like that pick too. And Houston and San Antonio, they are not very far from each other. Just a couple hours tops, um, you know, driving through South Texas. So I like that one. Um, my lock of the week is another over-under special. The over-under is 48.5. I'm going with the under, and this is the Alabama-Kentucky matchup. I don't see either team scoring a ton of points in this game. I even gave you my score. I already hinted at it earlier because I gave you my final score is 27-10 Alabama. That's 37 points. That's that's like 11-point window for me for that you know to fall under. So we're going with the lock of the week is going to be 48.5, less than that. I'm going with Alabama-Kentucky under 48.5. Yeah, I'm just glad that you didn't take the Iowa under again because you've been doing that like every I have day. been, but it, but you know I got to switch it up. You know, I really, I mean, if you want to go ahead and get my opinion, I do say Iowa Rutgers is going to go under the I think yeah. it's twenty eight and a half. Yeah, twenty eight and a half. I would go under on that too, but that's not my lock. My lock is an SEC special, Alabama Kentucky under. All right. Well, um, yeah, I definitely went with the uh, with the smart schools this week, Duke and Rice. Um, so we're pulling for the nerds this week. Big time. Uh, we did. We did pick Vanderbilt to, or you actually picked Vanderbilt to cover. So I did. So we are on the nerds this week. Um. All right. Well, I guess that's going to be everything for this podcast. JB, is there anything else you would like to mention? Anything? Uh, anything else going on in your life? Any life advice you want to give to our listeners? Well, I was not going to say anything life advice, but I was going to tell all these SEC fans enjoy this weekend because this is the last college football weekend this year in which we have seven matchups with all 14 SEC teams matched up against each other. We will not have another weekend like that this year. We will not see it again until probably sometime next year in September or October. So y'all enjoy it. So are you telling me you're not looking forward to the UT Chattanooga Alabama game next week? Yo, yeah, that's uh, what an ESPN plus SEC Network plus special at eleven a.m. What about that? What about Abilene Christian and Texas A&M? Are you man? That's a thriller. I mean, that is an in-state rivalry. <laughs> um, it's plus. I mean, we got an ROTC school versus a uh, Church of Christ Christian school. So very interesting matchup. Yeah, I think the week before rivalry weekend is is the worst weekend. Like week one and week two, you're still just kind of happy for college football, but the that week before Thanksgiving or a week before rivalry week is always, it's always been a dud, but yeah. this year, thank God for Georgia, Tennessee. I yeah. mean, that's really the only game that people are going to really be interested in. I mean, maybe Florida, Missouri could be something to watch, but I think anyone's gonna be tuning into Kentucky, South Carolina that much. So yeah, like I said, thank God for that Georgia, Tennessee matchup. I think we all need Georgia to lose this week and Tennessee to win. So that can set up a battle for the East next week. That'll be fun. Yeah, well, we can only hope. Um, 
But uh, thank everybody for for joining us. Um, if you would please give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter um, at SEC Slow Smoked. Um, if you have any questions, you can always DM us. Uh, we'll answer them on the show, or you can email us um, SEC Slow Smoked at gmail.com. Um, until Sunday when we have our recap episode, um, enjoy your football.